When we make that choice of how big a fish and what size pond, it's one of those decisions that can save a thousand other decisions. And my intention was to build a practice that was incredibly profitable, that had a certain number of families that we serve. And I wanted those families to be of certain means, but I've never had a minimum. Welcome to the Emerging Advisor Podcast. We deliver advisors proven strategies to maximize time, profit, and freedom. Welcome to another edition of the Emerging Advisor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt, just introducing you to a little bit of a special edition on today's show. Uh, For today's episode, Scott Dugan is going to clue you in to the most recent October edition of the Advisor to Advisor webinar series that he hosts with guest speaker Adam Sufer. We hope you find today's information helpful and entertaining. Without further ado, here's Scott. Hello, uh, this is Scott Dugan, and welcome to the October edition of the Advisor to Advisor uh, webinar series. Uh, We're going to take a departure today. Very excited to have a guest speaker on today. Some of you on the line probably know this gentleman, have uh, seen him at various conferences, but I'm happy to have my good friend Adam Sufer on the line. And the reason I brought Adam on today, longtime friend, but he's, you know, runs a very intentional, intentionally built advisory firm in Perrysburg, Ohio. And I think he's got a lot to share today about making sure that we're running the type of practice that we really want. And we're really serving our clients at, the, at a high level and especially focusing on clear and concise communication. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Mr. Adam Sufer. Adam, how are you today? I am well, Scott. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Definitely. Well, you and I have known each other uh, for many years now, and uh, it's been fascinating. I know we probably talk a couple times a week, sometimes you know more, sometimes less, but I think we've really been fortunate to see each other grow our practices into what we really what we really wanted them to be. And that's why I wanted to share with you, share with you know, the group today, is just some of the insights that you've had. Uh, you're very introspective in your planning, and you're, again, very intentional. I think that's a key word I want people to take away from today is, you know, need to be very intentional with what we're doing. And I think you, you're you a great example of someone that built a practice that serves them and their lifestyle and not the other way around. So, so that's what I want to be able to uh, hopefully impart today. And also, it gives me a little bit of break. I'm going to let Adam talk quite a bit today, so I can just kind of kick back and listen and maybe get some good nuggets out of today. So, I know when you and I were chatting not too long ago, somehow we got on the topic of an article you wrote back in 2015. Can you believe that was 2015? It goes quick. It goes quick. And if you notice, I I used a new headshot. (laughs) But yet, I've aged a lot since that, so... (laughs) I think we all have. That's okay. <laughs> uh, but for those of you that have never heard of Adam, you've never met Adam, Adam is a prolific writer. Uh, he does an unbelievable job of communicating with his clients, but he's also written for our industry. And I know you've had several publications over the years that uh, you've written for. And this one was, uh, if everyone remembers, was it Senior Market Advisor, Adam? 
It was, it was senior market advisor that became um, retirement advisor. So they've changed names a couple of times. And you're actually a columnist for them for quite a while. For years, yeah. And then I know your writing as part of you've done, you guys should get picked up in your local newspaper as well. Mm -hmm. So rethinking the client communications arms race, what prompted you to write that article? Yeah, I was at a conference uh, for advisors uh, around that time in 2015, and there was uh, a very successful advisor uh, that was talking about his practice. And they were talking about how many touches they have with their clients. And a, a really big deal was made out of the number of times that they touched a client throughout the year. And as I recall, it was like 150 or 180 times per year that their firm would touch the client. And uh, because this advisor was and continues to be so successful, I thought, wow, that's, that's really something that we need to improve upon. So we need to get more touches. And after I got home, I thought about that. I thought, well, is that accurate? In other words, is that true or is it true of that person? So I really as you said, I got introspective and thought to myself, like, what is the appropriate amount of times that we touch a client or interact with a client? And it, it kind of led me down this path of, of really experimenting. And so we did a lot of different uh, types of communication uh, in our in our practice. And um, and it really a lot was learned just by asking that question. Is it true that the more times we touch a client, the better? And I think um, a reason behind why that has become a bit of an arms race, meaning it's just this competition to, to reach out to clients more and more and more, is the transition a lot of us made into fee-based practices. Um, a lot of us started you know, in the commission-based world. And when we transitioned to fees, I don't know, I'll call it a guilt of sort forms where we're getting paid you know, really nice fees. And if we don't reach out to a client often, are we not justifying our fees? So. That's what led to writing this article was just to try to encourage advisors to think through why we're communicating, thus leading to the best way to communicate with clients and prospects. So that's kind of where the this all came from. Gotcha. And I, and I think that's so true because a lot of us are on the call today. You know, we have gone through that process of going from really insurance only commission based to, you know, the building an AUM book and doing more full full-blown planning and I think you're right it's a great term of that guilt or another way to think about it is uh, you know we feel like we need to be con constantly in touch with them um, because if we don't uh, could they leave or find something else or go somewhere else and so I, I think I, I definitely suffered from that I can I know when my first year uh, in the you know being a series 65 we had a market dip. It's the first one I'd really experienced as a as a Series 65, and I remember printing off and putting these big packets together with an explanation of what had happened to the markets and sending it out to people. I look back, it's like what an overreaction. Mm -hmm. and, and it's one of those things of I communicated to my clients without asking them really were they okay or not, and looking back, it actually caused more issues um, than than it did anything because it, it brought this thing up where a lot of times most people don't necessarily aren't that tuned in to the day-to-day -day market fluctuations like, like most of us are. 
Well, that's a great point. If I, if I can jump in there, I mean, sure. if you think about the relationship we have with a client who said yes to us, first of all, they said yes to you. So they, they respect you and like you enough that they want to work with you and they hired you so that they don't have to think about this stuff so much because if they wanted to think about it often, they would do it themselves. And therefore they would want a lot of communication about the market, for example, because they hired us on some level, they're saying, I am willing to delegate that to you. So why would I want to inundate them with market updates all the time if they've already decided that's something they're not interested in, in carrying? You know what I mean? No, absolutely. I think that gets lost on us. We're like, wait a second, we need to communicate with them a lot about what's going on. Uh, that may not be true. <laughs> and and I can I fully support that idea uh, as we went through phases where we did a lot of economic updates uh, you know, weekly commentaries. And I had a, a group of our clients, did a little focus group. And I can tell you when we made the switch and got away from all that market commentary, economic commentary, the things that our clients are most appreciative of and, and are a consumer of the most is our newsletter that has recipes in it. <laughs> and they really like the team member spotlight where we talk about one of our team members and their family and just their life outside of the office. We get more interaction and questions about that than we do anything else. Isn't that amazing? Well, so I'd like to take that thought further because um, I want to say that I hope people that are listening are not hearing us say, don't communicate much or don't communicate at all. And I know we're not saying that, but um, just let me give you an example. So I, for five years, I wrote a weekly email um, article, a newsletter, went out to our clients and prospects every week without fail for five years. And I'm very proud of that. Um, and it taught me a lot. So if, and it's going to sound very politically incorrect, but let me just say this, like if I want to um, hear back from our female clients, I write an article about um, financial matters that also includes mentions of my children. So I have six daughters. And if I want to hear from the ladies, I talk about my family. If I want to hear from the fellas, then I more often would talk about the market or um, kind of give a nod to politics without getting political or talk about my interest in sports cars. So writing that every week for five years, the feedback I would get directly really taught me a lot about what people do want to hear about and what they don't want to hear about and what's important to them. I think that was a, an incredible kind of um, proving ground for how to craft a message that does resonate with our clients. And I think if what, what you're talking about is getting to know your, your client database and getting to know their communication style. I think one, one of the things that is probably lacking, and it was for us in our business, is that when you get started in this business and you definitely make that transition to more, you know, to total planning, you, and I think all of us are attracted to the, the shiny uh, marketing ideas. And hey, our company is founded on, you know, educational classes at universities and uh, at venues, now digital. 
so but we're very focused on the marketing aspect which is the acquiring new clients and at some point when you've got critical mass you've got to make sure that you're spending enough time continuing to foster the relationship of the people that you've made promises to and the people that have strategically delegated their finances and their retirement to and i think that communicating to our current clients isn't as exciting and sexy as the latest marketing lead generation tool. But for the long term, it's much more valuable to make sure we keep, again, I always talk about, we keep fulfilling the promises we've made to these people because that's what we've done. We made it, it's just like any relationship. We've made a commitment to them and we've got to have systems in place to make sure that we continually communicate properly to them reinforce the messages, but also gives gives them the opportunity to give us feedback, either positive or negative, so we can make course corrections. And I think in your situation, and definitely correct me if I'm, you know, off base, I think is when you got you were very intentional about getting your business to a certain size of and revenue and profitability, because you knew if you could maintain that, that would afford you to live the lifestyle you wanted for you and your family. That doesn't mean you're not growth focused, but you were very intentional about that, if I remember correctly, am I right? Absolutely, and sitting on my desk right now is a, um, I framed it, it's actually the the chapter um, heading from a book called Rework, which is phenomenal, but this little graphic just shows like a bar chart growing and the word grow is the is each bar on its side. And then at the bottom of that, it says why. And I keep that there, not because I'm anti-growth in my practice, but I'm very deliberate about why we might choose to grow. And that, I guess that deliberateness, that being that being intentional about why we would grow and where this thing is headed informs all the other decisions that we make, which would include how we get in front of new prospects, which I'm, I've been a huge fan of college classes, I'll tell you why, and that was unsolicited. I Scott did not ask me to say that, but and through referrals. But basically, when when we make that choice of how big a fish and what size pond, it's one of those decisions that can save a thousand other decisions. And my intention was to build a practice that was incredibly profitable, um, that had a certain number of families that we serve. And I wanted those families to be of certain means, but I've never had a minimum. But I haven't had to have a minimum because the the means we use to get in front of folks actually almost ensures that they're the right types of clients. So again, we used college classes um, to get in front of people that are open to sitting there for six hours to talk about these types of things. They're very intentional people themselves. They value planning. They value, um, you know, a relationship and that informs how we communicate with those folks to nurture the relationship and to maintain the relationship um, that is so much easier than just shooting the shotgun and hoping that we get you know clients and as a result of that the nurturing has been i wouldn't say it's easier but it's it's allowed us to be more intentional and therefore we can be more strategic so the, the big lever that we use is, is written communication through written newsletters, both email, um, print newsletters, special reports, that sort of thing. 
but I will say that if I wasn't um, a decent writer, I would just use podcasts or video, but I would communicate with the folks in a way that is consistent with how we found them, how they want to be communicated with. And I think if I was an advisor listening to this and I didn't have a really dialed in communication strategy, I would just ask somebody to ask me questions to figure out where I am going with this thing. What is the practice I'm trying to build? Who are the clients I want to serve? Oh, I talk to them. So being deliberate has this kind of comprehensive nature to it that I think is is so important in understanding how we can use that big lever of communication in the right way with the right people. So I don't know if that helps, but that's again, affirming that deliberateness and intentionality are, are really big for me. And I think they should be for more advisors. And I, I agree. And the, you know, when we, if we think about, you know, the, the most of us here are probably good marketers. We probably have a good planning process, sales process, you know, to follow and bring, and bring on new clients. And where we're using that process to make sure we really identify where's the client currently, you know, assess where they are and then help them determine where do they want to go, which is a very deliberate path that they're setting out on from a cash flow perspective. What do they want to do? What do they want to experience? You know, so we take a, a lot of us take a lot of time with our clients to chart that course. But unfortunately, because I've not only an advisor, but I've coached advisors, you know, for the last 10 years, that's usually missing. And one of the things that I've heard more and more in the conversations in 2020, yes, this has been a, been a year like no other. It's almost like a reset button has been pushed. But I think it's hopefully giving given a lot of us time to be introspective, time to realize what's important, what's not, what do we need to continue to do, what do we need to get rid of, and really have a much sharper focus and a much higher level of clarity on what it is that we want to do going forward. And throughout this year, especially starting in March, April, every month I've been talking about we all have to take care of our current clients. We've got to make sure they're being served at a high level. And I think, Adam, what you were talking about in communication, where you are a gifted, gifted communicator through the written word. And what you said, I think everybody needs to understand, is that is a strength for Adam. That is effortless for him to do. Well, not effortless, but he's very talented at it. Not all of us. I'm not a gifted writer. That's why I have a podcast, because that's very easy. Doing these webinars comes very naturally, and I thoroughly enjoy it. Sitting down to write, which I do uh, on occasion, it, it is taxing for me. Uh, I think I, we were talking about this. I, I had some bad experiences with my English teacher in my small town high school. So I think he scarred me. And ironically, he left teaching and became a financial advisor. <laughs> so uh, the world comes back around uh, but i think your point on discovering that communication style when did you realize that writing was was something you thoroughly enjoyed or was was an effective way to communicate yeah it's, i'd say it's um you know high school i began to to get some kind of confirmation that i had some 
some decent writing chops. Um, I'm not sure that, again, I'm kind of a tortured soul. I'm not sure I love it because it's still arduous and it's a process. And um, But I love the results. <laughs> but it's been fairly clear for quite some time, most of my life, that, that, I, that I'm okay at it. And I think most advisors, if they're listening, they kind of know what they're good at. You know, they're public speakers or, you know, or writers. And I think that you know, you've said it a couple of times, being kind of introspective during this time, you know, when every dollar counts, when every interaction is so meaningful, you know, there's so much anxiety in the world today that to know thyself, to know what your communication style is or should be, is so key. Because again, that creates the lever in your business. You know, I found that just recently, um, when we transitioned from doing a weekly newsletter for years to now I'm on a, a once a month pace just to kind of see how it goes. Um, one of our clients that's been a client for a few years said, you know, I noticed that we're on a monthly pace now. And she said, I'm okay with that because we already know you, like you, and trust you. A, a monthly communication lets us feel connected with you, your team, and our money. And that's so important to me. And I thought, wow, how do you get that sort of feedback when you didn't even ask for it? But for her, she wants to feel connected and communicating with her in the way that is most natural to me. And um, obviously she appreciates, but finding that pace has been so helpful. But I would say that if you're listening and you're not a, you know, a person that gets excited about writing, figure out a way to, you know, get your face on video, do a podcast. But being consistent is so key because if you think about it, consistency equals trust. And if we're in the trust business, being consistent in some way, in something, communicates on some kind of, kind of subconscious level that you are trustworthy. So people know that you're going to show up and they know that when times are tough, you're there. And whether they kind of voice that in their head clearly or not, they know that they can trust you with financial matters if you're just trustworthy and communicating consistently is the best way I know. But that doesn't mean that we want to do 180 touches for their own sake. So um, a couple of thoughts. First of all, one way to quickly discern, is this communication a good idea, is to just kind of ask the question. And I'll, I'll just give it very specifically. Will this communication enrich the relationship for the client's sake? Or is it intended to just add touches for my sake? In other words, is this about the client or is this about me appeasing my guilt? Or I think that's a key question to ask. Um, and then just finding the means to do that communication for the client's sake consistently, I think is helpful. But I think that to the extent that we can learn who our ideal client is, how they wanna be communicated with is key. And Scott, you said something earlier. Can you tell us a little bit more if we have time about your focus group that you did? Because I think it's similar to something we did, but I want to hear your thoughts on that. Sure. What was that and how did it work? So we, when we were really trying to get focused on what we were trying to build, uh, I, if I remember correctly, I had 12 families, some of my top families, and we set a luncheon. And I think we blocked out two and a half hours and we basically, I stood in front of the room and we just talked through, you know, things like, you know, what made you, 
what made you go out and look for someone to assist you with your retirement? And asking, well, did you have certain criteria? You know, what was it that made you go with, you know, decide to work with us and entrust us with your retirement? And it was, you know, what do we do well? What do we, what do we need to improve upon? And, and just ask them questions that, candidly, I'd been guessing at prior <laughs> to that. So just like what you said, I, we're, as advisors, we need to ask ourselves questions about what we're really trying to do and build. It's very informative if we actually just sit down with our clients instead of trying to, instead of trying to read their mind, we ask them questions we want answers to. And that's how any good relationship probably should work. Um, I can't read my wife's mind. That's probably good most days. Um, but you know, you need to just really hone in and find out, you know, how do they, what's important and, and how do they want to be treated and communicated to? So that's really was very informal, but it was just a horseshoe shape. Um, I stood in front of the room and we took notes and we just had a series of questions and uh, basically asking them for help, you know, and assist to make sure that we continue to do the best job we can to take care of them. And I think you gave me that idea years ago because we did the same thing and it was unbelievable unbelievable how effective it was yeah and we're i just did the same thing with our staff uh, we took five hours out on a friday we met friday morning we met at a place called pinstripes it's a it has bocce ball bowling alleys we rented out a conference room and we went through a process to look at all the areas of our practice of you know, what's working, what's not, what do we need to prove upon? And it was very enlightening to, you know, find out their input. And 2021, as things hopefully start to phase back into a more normal path, we would like to do it again, because it's been a little while since we did that focus group. Because I think it's time to get a fresh look on, you know, how, how they're thinking and to see if, you know, 2020 has it changed uh, how they you know, want to communicate and do business? I know one of the things that probably is not going to change back uh, unless it's required by our clients. Uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed doing virtual reviews and appointments. Just from an efficiency standpoint, I used to block out 90 minutes for my reviews and first and seconds. They're down to 45 minutes, 30 minutes. And so my efficiency has gone way up to where I'm only taking appointments on Tuesdays and Thursdays now. Hmm. I don't talk to clients Monday, Wednesday, or Fridays anymore. One thing that you kind of implied there, but what, what we've experienced is the relationship matures, communication methods can change. And what I mean by that is I don't know that and you didn't suggest this. I like taking a lot of time with new prospects and new clients over time as that relationship has has matured and become stronger. You know, jumping on, you know, a virtual call or a phone call is absolutely what they want and need. So to your point, I just wanted to suggest that we have found that clients' um, communication needs change as the relationship progresses. 
and being aware of that and open to those changes, I think is really key. But like you said, you can find out a lot about this sort of thing if you just ask your clients. And if anybody wants to, to learn how Scott did it or how we did those focus groups, I still have all of the emails and I still have the survey that we had them complete and the whole structure that I may be willing to share that. But I think that all of this kind of goes back to the platinum rule, which is a little different than the golden rule. The golden rule, treat others as, as you would like to be treated. Platinum is to treat them as they would like to be treated. And when we learn who our client really is by figuring out what practice we want to build, we figure out how they want to be communicated with and communicate with them in that way, they're very unlikely to leave you, whether it's a pandemic or whether it's a normal market cycle. And we add a lot of value in ways that we're not even aware of just by being consistent, by being present and being um, empathetic to them. And I think that's a whole lot you know, toward building a practice that we can be proud of. But really, it just really helps to kind of fine tune the communication that we that we have with clients, too. So, again, a lot of thought. There are a lot of things. But I think that um, connecting with the client in a way that's natural to us and we've deemed effective, then just be consistent with it. You know, that's those are the keys, I think. You know, that consistency, you go all the way back and look at the ways, the different parts of a, of a practice. You've got the, we call it attraction, which is your marketing, acquisition, which is your sales process, retention is which your, is your communication process. We need to be consistent. So a big change for us is when we had a consistent marketing schedule where we, 12 months out, we knew what classes we were going to do, what events we were going to do. Having a very consistent sales process. You know, so it's the same every time, not cookie cutter, but it's very structured. So there's comfort in that for not only the clients, but also the advisors. And then being consistent with that retention, which we're talking about today, you know, nothing worse than, you know, and I see it all the time because I, I have, I follow a lot of advisor podcasts. And I would say if there's 30% of them that are consistent with their po- postings, I'd be surprised if it was that high. And because clients, are paying attention. And so if you get all excited and say, oh, we're going to be doing this, here's the shiny object. Well, there's an issue if your staff doesn't think you're going to go through with it and be committed. And it's a really big problem if your clients don't feel you're committed to it. So I would rather see someone excel at a much smaller amount of communication rather than overwhelm people with superfluous communication. You know, I think that's Adam, the, the arms race. I would rather have, you know, 12 highly thought out communications per year, you know, than 100 poorly thought out junk that you're just throwing at people. But I think if, as we kind of bring it together, you know, kind of summarize it today, it's definitely a time to be introspective and focus on what it is, making sure you're on the right track with your own personal practice. So I think that's a big step to get clarity there. If you've already done that, great. The next thing to look at is, all right, how are we communicating or what do we want to communicate with our current clients? And I would say one thing we didn't talk about, but we can do it on a subsequent podcast or webinar, is this communication, we communicate with our clients, but also our prospects get the same type of communication. And just like our clients 
that's building a relationship, building trust, just reading, you know, on a weekly basis or listening to a podcast on a monthly basis, the same thing is happening with your prospects. And I know, Adam, you've had it happen. People come to a retirement elevated class. Maybe they're a couple years out from retirement. We don't reach out to them. We never try to get them to schedule an appointment. And a year, two years, three years later, you get the phone call or get the <laughs> email. And what, what do they say? Well, my experience has been, hey, we went to your class. It was great. We weren't ready, but we've been receiving your newsletter and we'd like to come meet with you because we're ready now. Yes. That's and unreal when that happens. <laughs> it is. And it could be. And when they come in, isn't it strange that they they feel like they know you? Oh, it's unreal. Like, and this is, so I wrote a book and a lot of advisors have written a book, but I remember, and I used to be on the news doing, and uh, these people came in and they were quoting this financial advisor that they were reading. And they said, oh, well, this other advisor said I should do this. And I said, well, where, did, where were you reading that? And it turns out they were talking about something I had written. <laughs> and so they were using my own words to convince me that they would be a good client. And it was just unreal to me. So the yeah showing up consistently and just really you're giving away free communication free value and it's hard for somebody to ignore that if you just keep showing up thoughtfully um so uh, you know my thoughts on all of this are and if people are listening they don't know scott is absolutely brilliant at systems engineering a practice to run consistently using processes and um, he's incredibly deliberate and thoughtful in those types of things. And find your voice. Find out what it is you have to say that people really value. Find out what they want to hear from you. Develop ways to communicate that consistently. Those two ingredients, it's really tough to compete with somebody that has those, those pieces in place. So build the systems and find your voice. Well, I think those are fantastic points. And I I don't think I could summarize it any better. So with that being said, we've gone a little bit over our time today, uh, but I hope that you found it valuable. No one dropped off of the webinar today. So either they're doing crossword puzzles or that we really liked what we had to say today. But if you have any questions about what we talked today, about today, uh, feel free to reach out uh, to the team. Happy to chat. And I think you know, depending on the feedback that we get, maybe a subsequent webinar. And actually, we're going to turn this into a podcast as well. So this will be posted in audio format. I think we'll talk about now that you've figured out how you want to communicate and what messages you want to do, I think we can talk about uh, what are the systems we're going to use to be able to deliver that message in a consistent manner. So maybe we'll tee that up for uh, for a subsequent webinar. But uh, well, Adam, as always, I, I appreciate your time. Really got, I actually got a few things out of today uh, that were new little nuggets that I wrote down, and I hope everybody on the call did as well. And uh, if you like this format, we're definitely open to having other advisors on, uh, you know, these webinars. But I think we're here, we're trying to deliver value, and we're trying to help you improve your practice. And yes, we're, we're a marketing company, and we, we market campaigns, but ultimately, we're doing this advisor-advisor webinar to help you grow as an advisor, as a business owner, not just the marketing end of it, because I think we need all those pieces, all those cogs, uh, gears to turn uh, to make this our practices run. So ultimately, 
he can have a practice like Adam does where that practice serves his life and his family's life and provides him a lifestyle that he really enjoys. And I, we wish that for everyone on the call. So Adam, uh, thank you very much for your time today and uh, look forward to seeing your continued success. Thanks. It's my pleasure. All right, everyone. Take care. Have a great day. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Emerging Advisor podcast. Uh, for Scott Dugan, Sean Lee, I'm Walter Storholt on behalf of the entire team at Emerging Advisor. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, you can always get in touch by visiting the website emerging-advisor.com. And we'll put relevant contact links and information for you to reference in the description or the show notes of today's episode. So be sure to check that out. Thanks for joining us. And we'll talk to you next time on the Emerging Advisor podcast. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.